0: All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Investment Banking Insights. My name is Alex Mason and I'm your host. This is the show dedicated to helping you learn both the technical and non-technical aspects of the investment banking process. And I'm recording on the road today, just traveling, just trying to get close to family for the uh, upcoming holidays here in the US. But I wanted to give an episode for you today. Let's go ahead and continue our discussion of leverage buyouts. And today we're focused on the transaction structure. What is the transaction structure for LBOs? Now, recall that during a merger or an acquisition, there's three ways that a transaction can be structured. You can have a stock purchase, an asset purchase, or something called a Section 338H10 transaction. And they each have their own unique qualities. And we discussed this a lot in some mergers and acquisitions episodes a few weeks ago. Now, just as a super quick review, the first one, a stock purchase, it's typical for a purchase format for a transaction when one company buys another. The buyer buys the stock of the seller. Now, with an asset purchase, the buyer doesn't buy stock. They just buy one or more of the assets on the seller's balance sheet. And those transactions are treated differently than stock-based transactions for tax purposes. Now, lastly, the Section 338H10 transaction. This is a special type of transaction where there are some aspects of a stock purchase and some aspects of an asset purchase. It just depends on what is most advantageous to the buyer or the seller. Like with the Section 338H10, the buying entity will want to do that sometimes because they get some tax benefits but because of that the seller knows this and so they may end up negotiating a higher purchase price to help compensate them for doing this kind of a deal so that brings us to this question so how do leverage buyouts work how how are they structured well, they typically don't use something like a Section 338 H10 structure because recall that for this transaction type, the buyer must be legally structured as a corporation. And the thing is, who are the buyers in a leveraged buyout transaction? Well, in this kind of a context, they're typically private equity firms. And one thing about private equity firms is that they typically don't Organize as corporations like a C corporation or an S corporation, they don't do that. They usually form as an LLC, which stands for a limited liability corporation, or some kind of a partnership. Now if these phrases are all new to you, just know that these are all just different types of legal entities that are different types of companies in the the US-based legal system. So they all have different kinds of tax benefits or drawbacks and different structures for the owners of these firms. So basically the structures are different for PE firms and that's why they don't use the Section 338 H10 when they're doing an LBO. So when a PE firm goes to acquire a business, what they'll do is they'll typically create a new legal entity In the form of a limited liability corporation or LLC that acquires the business. And why would we do it this way? Well, if you're a PE firm, in my opinion, it kind of makes sense to do this from a paperwork perspective. Because it's easy to distinguish between different legal entities based on their corresponding portfolio companies slash acquisitions. Because when tax time comes... It's clear that when you have the books of a single business, it's very clear what those are as opposed to having multiple business entities commingled together. So let's say that you're a private equity firm and you perform a leverage buyout for a manufacturing equipment business. Okay, you do that. And let's say you just have one legal entity for that. And then let's say the next year you make a new investment in a food and beverage company. And you use the same legal entity to hold those two different types of companies. Well, when you go to calculate the books and pay your taxes, it might be a little bit more confusing and just not as clean from a paperwork perspective. If you've got those two businesses under one entity Um, and conglomerates like they do exist, but there's a lot of legal structures usually in those types of businesses. So they basically create this shell corporation on paper. In order to acquire a business so if a private equity firm is going to buy a manufacturing equipment business they might create a new LLC that is manufacturing equipment business number one or something like that I don't know exactly how they name them but that's just something that is done and that's how they're structured so LBO transactions can be structured a little bit differently than your typical M&A deal And at least one of the reasons has to do with the fact that private equity firms have different legal structures than other types of companies. So that's what I got for you today here on Investment Banking Insights. I hope you're doing amazing, having an incredible day. My name is Alex Mason, and I'll see you next time. Take care.